Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew LaPau. Let's start the show. Today on the show, we have Mr. Andrew Sovine, guitar player for Ashley McBride. Um, if you haven't heard of Ashley's music, please do so. She has an amazing voice and uh, really good songs, and she's an up-and-comer in country music, and he's been playing with her for years. Um, and we just get into you know his career, um, being based out of Nashville, and then moving to Brooklyn, and pursuing music up there. He's now living in Savannah, Georgia. Um, Yeah, it was just one of those pretty organic talks, guitar player to guitar player, talking about the ups and downs of music, sessions, playing gigs downtown, all that stuff. So without further ado, here's my interview with Andrew Sovine. Enjoy. So yeah, so I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it's so, been a minute. Yeah, what have you been up to with, with Ashley McBride? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I guess we only see each other downtown. So it's like brief five-minute interchanges. I'm like, hey, how are you? Cool. Um, let's see. Well, we we made her record uh, a year ago now with Jay Joyce. And we finished it up back in May. Um finalized it and then we um we've been just touring like non-stop since then and we have signed with uh, q prime management for it which is great because it's like you look at the roster and you're like how are we on the same management team as um without black keys and metallica mm-hmm. and chili peppers and stuff it's insane uh and then warner brothers signed her a few months ago and just been like off to the races since then, man. We've just been touring. Uh, we finished up with our last gig of the year a couple weeks ago, except for we have an Opry date this year, this month, and then that's pretty much it till February. When you play in the Opry? The 15th. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's at the Ryman, so it's Friday. So I kind of feel like I'll probably end up playing across the street you know, yeah. afterwards because it's like, oh, I'll be out of there by 9. We can do a pick up a 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's just been kind of crazy. We've got a full-time tour manager now, and um band sounds great. we got a new bass player a while back, and he's awesome. And it's just a good crew and good hang and good music, and uh, we're just sort of playing loudly everywhere we can. Mm-hmm. I saw you guys at the Basement East when you were playing on a Tuesday at 6 o'clock. It was packed. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was um, insane. No, the the way you guys filled out the sound in that place was just it was it sounded awesome out in the in the crowd. That's good to hear because like you know you know, like um, our our acoustic player and background vocalist um, Chris said something the other day. He was like, he's like, man, you know what sucks? It's like we're never gonna be able to see how awesome we are. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like. And, like, not that we're the best band in the world, but um, it's, like, I only know what the drums 
sound like mm-hmm. and the guitar and the vocals. That's all I have in my Is that mix. what you're doing in your ears? Just drums, guitar? Well, we're still on vocals. wedges. And it's oh, like, wow. so like we, we still on wedges for now. And like we, um, cause it's really just like, it's a rock band and mm-hmm. we're kind of resisting the ears for now because we, uh, we just don't want to have to call, call around all that gear that we can keep from it. And we do so many backline festival things that it's like, man, if, you know, if there's a competent modern engineer, great. Mm-hmm. But we all had a, and it, we grew up playing in bars and, most of us have done the downtown thing, and so it's like, even if there's not a monitor, we'll be okay. Right. Like we know, as long as I can hear some drums or yeah. know what where the one is, you know, I'm yeah. fine. No, the sound that you guys have, I, I thought from seeing you that one time, is just big, and there's a lot of glue in there. You could just yeah. feel that it sounds like one instrument. Yeah, it's there. well, that, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been good to work on it. Um, and kind of like develop it. And what's interesting is like, unlike any other artist gig that you or I have ever done or played on or whether it be here or New York or whatever, it's not, it's not, the idea is not, um, here's this artist and here are these people that work for this artist. It's more like, here's this band and actually is our lead singer Mm -hmm. but it is more of a unit and more of a band unit and then what's really great about the success we've had this year the last couple years is everyone's receiving that in the way we wanted them to from like the fans to like management and now the label are like they don't see it as oh we've got this new shiny toy now get rid of these weirdos we're gonna get a real professional band it's like well no we're you know, we know what the fuck we're doing, and mm-hmm. we don't need someone to come in and like performance coach yeah. us or if it ain't like broke, that. you know. Yeah, and which has been great, and like it's a big testament to our management for um, taking a chance on it and being like, and not at any point going, well, we need to talk about, you know, the guitar player or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, we get feedback if we need it, and mm-hmm. if they come to a show, like we get. Um, we did a show with Eric Church back in September in Alabama, and uh, one of our one of the management people was there. And after we got done, like this is the this is the kind of criticism the feedback we'll get from them. It's like I had switched. I was playing that Wandre for one song, and or like I switched over after the first song, and uh, Fielding was like after the show, he's a little drunk, and he goes, "Andrew, uh, it was great." It's great. Hey, that white guitar, a little lower in volume than your other guitars, so maybe want to, I don't know, get like an EQ pedal or a boost or something to compensate for that. <laughs> and it was just like, it was like, uh, yeah, cool, thanks. It was like, that's like the feedback. We, like No one's like, it was like oh, we got to fire that guy. It's yeah, right. Like, it's, it's pretty honest and yeah. pretty open, and it's just like, yeah, but like you were saying about like, you know, a unit or like the, the you know, the glue, it's just like, man, we just all love each other and like like playing with each other, which is so not what i'm used to <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and so it's like such not a nashville gig i guess yeah. every time i talk to someone who's got like a another artist gig and they have a complaint about um you know their tour manager or like their art and their artist or like someone that's like hanging out or whatever yeah. they're just like i have all these complaints and like, you know we've complained about the same things together and mm-hmm. like you hear all these things and now i just like i'm listening to him and i'm like yeah, that sucks, man. I wish I could 
yeah. give you my own story, but like I don't. It's like it's the perfect gig, man. That's awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, so how did you and Ashley link up? Craigslist. In Nashville? Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, shit. It's like seven, almost eight years ago. I was living in North Carolina. Or no, it was before I moved there. Um, yeah. I just quit um, this band I used to be in called Kinkador. And it was like the sort of this dance rock, cool power trio thing. And a lot of like Talking Heads influence and stuff. Like, yeah, 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 this kind of stuff. And it was really fun. Huge pedal board, you know, like lots of weird noises and stuff. And we um, we toured all over the country for like three years. I uh, made like four albums. Like, I'm really proud of a lot of work we did. And we started meeting with labels and they were just like, man, this is really great. We love this music. We have no idea what we're going to do with it. Like, there's not really, we weren't really plugged into, like, the indie rock thing, and we weren't really, we, you know, we're in East Nashville, but we weren't really the East Nashville thing, and that really hadn't taken off in the way it did, like, three years later. So I ended up having to, like, step away from the band just because it was just eating into my bank account, and, like, I was just, I couldn't survive doing it anymore. We were, it was a full-time job that wasn't paying anything. So... When I quit that, I started digging back into playing on Broadway and doing the country stuff and whatever. And I was like, that was like the, there was like a window of like two years where like in Nashville, like Craigslist for like musician gigs was actually where you could pick up work. Mm -hmm. And someone had posted something about auditioning a new lead guitar player for a record release show. And that ended up being Ashley. Mm -hmm. And, um... It was in May. And this is May of, of uh, 2010 or something like that? 2000, it was 2010 or 11, okay. somewhere around there. And um, I've got it in my calendar, like, you know, our anniversary date or whatever. Uh-huh. But um, so I emailed and I was like, hey, I've, here's what I've done, so and so. And I've been doing some, you know, stuff around town, like some CMA Fest stuff and Picking up some Broadway gigs or whatever, but you know, the drill is like, unless you're there all the time, you don't really work. Yeah. And, um, so she was like, I email and she emailed me back and she was like, Hey, here's the deal. I have a release show. It's going to be in Memphis and we're having auditions for just for that show. He's like, she's like, ideally would like to have someone like full time, but like, we don't really play that many gigs like once every other month or Mm -hmm. something like that. Like one weekend, you know, here and there. And so she sent me an original song or two original songs and then she was like she's like and we'll play like a cover or something when you get here so it was a studio out in west nashville and i showed up we played through the song and um the drummer and bass player didn't really like me and uh actually tells the story on stage sometimes she's like or like on like radio interviews she's like he shows up wearing overalls and a white t-shirt and a pbr ball cap <laughs> this is all true yeah and um and she goes uh she's like and she put we play through it and she said something she did say something like well what this is cool play through like a standard cover and i was like well what do you consider a standard because she's like i think she said like an old country song or something mm-hmm. i was like how old right and you know as you know there is like a gap in my knowledge from like 77 to like 91 for like country music like if it's Alabama I don't fucking know <laughs> and she like she was like oh like Dixieland Delight and I was like I've literally never heard that song <laughs> like I just like it's not 
my parents didn't listen to that stuff yeah. growing up. It was like, I know everything before that, you know, and uh-huh. it was like, if you want to play like Ray Price, I'm, yeah. I'm down, you know, or like, you know, whatever. And so we, anyway, I was like, but just yeah, play it and I'll fake it. Oh man. <laughs> Which is a great song to fake it on. And, um, <laughs> so anyway, I left and Ashley always tells the story. She's like, so she, she's like, so I asked the band. It's like, what do you guys think? And everybody was like, he's an asshole. <laughs> she goes, yes, he is. And he's our new guitar player. And um, yeah, and so like I just like, the thing was, we didn't really play a lot. So while I was playing for her, we, we actually lived together for a while, for like three and a half, four years at a house over in uh, Woodbine. And um, we um, we weren't working a ton. We'd do like, you know, like I said, like every other month we'd do like a gig, like a weekend. But... Um, so I ended up picking up a lot of other gigs during that time. And, uh, I will say, I will tell you, this was really fun. So we have this show in Memphis, a release show and I show up and it's like, um, you probably didn't, I know you weren't living here when there, there used to be a club here called city hall. It was like 900 cap. Okay. Right? No, I never, yeah. never seen it. So it'd be like, like, I'm trying to think of something that like we both know, like marathon. Okay. Right. Okay. Or like you know, half the size of Webster Hall or something okay. like that, right? Um, a little bigger, like Mercury Lounge, whatever. But like mm-hmm. rock club, right? And so <laughs> I show up, and there's this place in Memphis, and like I, I had to drive myself to the gig, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I get there, and I just walk in the door, and I'm like, "Oh man, I feel so bad for this girl." It's like, "There's like who, there's who, nobody who in the there. fuck is she?" And like, no one's gonna show up to this. Thing. Uh, like we loaded in at like 2 p.m. Uh-huh. and I associate in broad daylight and it's just like it's like yeah it's like going into a warehouse and you're uh-huh. just like oh my god this place is huge uh, it yeah. holds 500 people there's no fucking way it's gonna it's gonna be 20 people here and it's uh-huh. gonna be real sad and I'm gonna feel really bad and I'm gonna get paid but like I'm gonna feel bad about it dude she packed the thing was packed out wow and like people were singing along and shit and it was like the first and it was like I've told a lot of people it was like that was the first time where I was like, okay, this is going to be something I need to keep, you know, like, I need to hold on to this. Is she this from is Memphis? Like, or? She's from uh, Arkansas. Okay. Like outside, like, about an hour outside Memphis. Mm-hmm. But that was where she kind of, like, started playing in, like, bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and so, like, we do, I would try to book my schedule to, like, you know, schedule, like, make sure I had enough time to do all of her gigs, all of her cover gigs and stuff. And, uh, we'd do like, you know, the four hour bar gig or whatever, whatever bar it was. And, um, we play at like lipstick lounge sometimes, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Trying to get a four piece band on that stage. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> and then, uh, in a while. I love that place. Yeah, I do too. But the stage is about half the size yeah. of this room. Yeah. But also like one of the best sound engineers in town, yeah. Kathy Mack, man, she's like amazing. Um, so yeah, we used to play there and stuff. And then, and we just kept it going and then like this whole time um i've always had like other gigs or like when i moved to new york i didn't have to worry about you know, i was just like well here's five guys that you know i trust that if you need a player if you need right. for whatever and then just you know as luck would have it um <laughs> it's it funny a couple years ago she calls me and she's like it's like one o'clock in the morning and she called me and she hates talking on the phone. So I was just like, someone's dead. Okay. This is what's happened. Uh-huh. So I'm pulling in from like, like I'm in Brooklyn and I, I'd played in Williamsburg and lived in Bed-Stuy. And as you know, there's no real easy way to get between those two neighborhoods mm-hmm. yeah. on the bus or train at one o'clock in the morning. So 
I'd driven home, parked like three blocks away. And uh, <laughs> she calls me, and like I'm about to park, and I answer, and it's like, what's going on? She goes, my guitar player just bailed out on me for a showcase, for like a major label showcase next week. Oh, man. And I'm like, it's like Tuesday, you know, or like, yeah, Tuesday morning. And I'm like, uh, okay. And she goes, she goes, so I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And like, I'm on the phone with her and I'm grabbing my gear and the next thing I know, like I'm at my door and like adrenaline set in because like, this is my best friend who's right. like in trouble. And like, and I realized that I had like held my phone and held like my board and amp in one hand and <laughs> I had my guitar backpacked on, you know, whatever. And I get up to my door and like I set stuff down and I was just like, Oh, my arm's really tired, you know, whatever. And I gave her like five or six names. Your name was one of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, thanks. And it was like, it was, yeah, but it was like you and like Johnny Duke and like Sean Byrne and, um, a couple other guys, you know, just like there's a few other names, and I was like, here are people who I trust to not only do a good job, but like, you know, we'll learn the parts and we'll show up prepared, and like they'll do their homework and stuff. And it was like, you'll have to pay them, but yeah. yeah. And so the next morning, I guess she had a meeting with her current or management at the time, and her uh, her publisher who was putting it on, and she was like, yeah, well, Andrew gave me some names of people, and and her manager was like. Andrew, the guy that lived with you for like four years and is your best friend. And you wrote that song about him that we cut, that we're going to cut on the next <laughs> record. And she's like, yeah, she goes, can we just fly him down? She's like, I don't know. I guess I should ask him. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I flew down like the next week. I flew down like on Monday at like eight, I landed at like seven forty-five. at eight thirty. We had a rehearsal next day. I did the gig and then uh -huh. I flew back the next morning and like, Land in LaGuardia and get a phone call from management going like, hey, so we know you live in New York, but would you want to be the guitar player? And I was like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. She's like, cool. Oh, you want a band lead? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then she's like, and then they're like, and just for the gigs we've got coming, you want to just like TM stuff too? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So you're going to fly me down, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and then I ended up having to quit my day job in the city. And What were you doing in the city? I was actually working at this really amazing um, preschool language development program. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's like uh, they play music for kids as part of, like, develop, you know, just, like, to develop language at an early age. It's, like, six oh. months to three years old. And yeah. Upper East Side and, like, uh -huh. real boutique right. you know, kind of thing. They don't even have a website. It's, like... You gotta yeah, be in the know. You, you gotta and you gotta like mail a check in for uh -huh. you know your payments. Oh, nice. Like that. So, but it was actually a really amazing job, and I got a lot of you know a lot of really interesting experiences from it. And then I was also um, MD at a church in Brooklyn. Uh -huh. So, but you know, just like as you know, do the thing as much as you can up there and yeah. cobble it together. But yeah, I ended up having to quit both of those jobs because we just got so busy, and I would be flying or driving back down all the time and. So when I'd see you, that you were just that's, going back for Ashley. That's what and that, okay, yeah. yeah. So it'd be like, I remember one night we had a showcase at Third and Lindsley, and I did a gig with Harold that morning, mm -hmm. and it was like only because, you know, like him and like Alicia and Lindsay, whenever you would be out or whatever, um, like I would tell like a handful of people downtown of like right. 
because you know it's like it's easy to pick up that stuff if they know you or mm-hmm. whatever if they got the gig and so I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to be here these days. Right. And those are the people that actually, like, have their calendar worked out. Like, no. Yeah. It's not like working at some other places where, like, at 930, you're like, hey, can you do a 10 o'clock gig, you know? Uh, so. I just say no to that at, at these days. I don't, like the, I don't like the feeling of being rushed like that. Depends and... on the rhythm section for me. Yeah, it's right. Like, yeah. like, I did one. I, I drove in uh, Saturday. Like a couple of days ago, and I get a text like on like I stopped for gas, and I get a text at like five, if I could do a ten. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I just oh yeah, seven hour drive and then <laughs> stay up till two, and I was like, well, who's playing? Yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, that's usually my first. Call. And it was like Marcelo on bass, oh, okay. like Brian Dowd on drums, and Ivy Lee on fiddle. It's mm-hmm. like I was like. I was like, these are like some of my best yeah. friends. Like, I, yeah, I'll do that just because like I don't know what we'll play or right. how bad it's gonna suck, but it'll be fun. Yeah, and like these are people I go way back with, you know. So, um, but yeah, no, I, and usually that happens closer to Fifth Avenue than right Fourth, you know. So, but it is what it is. But yeah, so like I would just come down where we were still living in New York. I would come down and do some Broadway stuff and do some session stuff and kind of make the trip make sense. Cause even doing Ashley gigs is like, it wasn't paying me a ton, you mm-hmm. know, because it's just it's one gig or two or something like that. And we'd do rehearsals and go out for a week or something like that and then come back and then I'd drive back home and et cetera, you know? So, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's just pretty much it catches, I guess that kind of catches us yeah. up and it's like, now we're just touring a ton and so when you joined her did she already have a deal with no okay it was all independent and she was booking her own gigs and doing a lot of solo acoustic shows like she would do the same four hour gigs but she would stand up set up her own pa system stand up do the thing by herself for four hours yeah and um it's an amazing show to watch actually like her live show like Mm -hmm. her solo show it's like she's She's a great musician, she's a great guitar player, and she like always is like, oh man, I just wish I could play lead. And I was like, you can. You grew up playing bluegrass, <laughs> like you can flat pick. Yeah. Like, and she's like, she's an incredible vocalist. She's got, I mean, I think she's got, she's got near perfect pitch. Like, mm-hmm. like she's got the best relative pitch of anyone I've ever worked with, and it's insane. I mean, she's like, and I think that's the that's the thing that really sells it for everybody else. It's like it's honest, it's authentic, and like if she. You know, when she straps on a telly and plugs into a amp and turns on an overdrive pedal or whatever, like, like, yeah, it's like yeah. real. It looks, you know, yeah, it's it real. does. It sounds right. It looks right. And she like is really into it. It's not like some of these other acts where like you know, and I'm like gender non-specific, but like some of these artists that are like have a shiny electric guitar and <laughs> yeah, they're going like, for something. They're yeah, going they're for a like, sound or yeah. yeah. It's like I just um, Ashley just like man. She, she, she sees the instruments as tools and not like, you know, a fashion Props. accessory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like if she's get something like actually just picked up another guitar for her today and uh like she's like she like thought about it, like went and we went and tried out a bunch of different guitars and this is the one she landed on. She had a Mustang, she like landed on it. She was like she's like, I feel like this is the one that's gonna be like fucking you know, this is my guitar. Nice. And it's like that's a good feeling to have. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great. That's a great rock guitar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So, yeah, man, I don't know, dude. We just, uh, we're out with Luke Combs all next year, like, or for the spring. And then we got to go to, like, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, it feels, I, the only thing I have to complain about is just, like, the amount of stuff we have. I'm, like, I'm already exhausted. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a week where it's, like, we're in Amsterdam and London. Oh, where are you playing in Amsterdam? I can't pronounce it. Paradiso? No, it's two words. I don't know. It's something we're, okay. with, uh, we're playing with another. It's two with, Dutch words. Yeah, it's two Dutch words that I like. I'm like I'm a dumb American. Okay, I, I can't, I can't do it. Have I you been over no, there? No, I haven't been over there yet. I was um, a couple years ago I went to Spain and Paris and Germany. We were on vacation. Um, it was like really fun. I ended up playing a cover gig at like just singing and playing guitar at an anarchist bar in Barcelona, yeah. which was. As you do, you know, it's like some like real second level shit. And, um, yeah, but that's pretty much, I mean, that's yeah. really the only time I, I always told myself is like, well, I'm not going to go to Europe until someone pays me. Right. And then I ended up going just for a wedding and like vacation thing with my fiance. But we, uh, uh, <laughs> it was like, so we're doing, I was just looking at the calendar the other, like earlier today. And so it's like Amsterdam and then like we have to fly to London the next morning and then there's like promo stuff and then we're doing the c2c festival but we're only doing london so we're there in london for three days which is awesome yeah because i'm it's like i can just leave all my shit on stage <laughs> you know or like <laughs> at the venue it's like this is great yeah and then uh but then like we fly home we get done with that it's three days in london we fly on the next day and then like two days later we have to go out with miranda lambert and john party for a weekend cool which like these are all buddies of ours and when I say like, oh, we have to, it's like, it feels like such a shitty complain brag. <laughs> like, like, oh, we have to jet set internationally and then you know, go hang out with Miranda Lambert, play in front of 20,000 people. Um, but I was just, I was just looking at it and going like, oh, I'm going to be so exhausted and I'm going to drink so much. Yeah. So like, I have a feeling one of somebody in one of the three bands that weekend is going to have alcohol poisoning. <laughs> I think it's entirely possible. So, yeah, man. I don't know. That's kind of what's going on with the Ashley gig. And then otherwise, just you know, we moved. We left New York, and I'm moving in Savannah. And uh, I was wondering, though, what was the impetus for you to move to New York? Did you just want to check it out? I can tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just telling someone uh, today, like an hour ago, we were talking about this. And someone was talking about Whiskey Jam and how, like, I guess they've gone to, like, two nights a week over at Winters or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, Whiskey Jam is the reason I moved to New York. And here's why. <laughs> so one day I was playing with, I was playing that gig with somebody and it was like, yeah, I mean, like, you probably know the guy. I'm not going to name the guy. Smith Curry was on the gig with me. Okay. It was like, so it was just great. Um I can't remember who was like, Grady Saxman was playing drums with us, and then the bass player, the name I cannot remember, but oh, it was uh, Tommy Lee. Oh yeah, yeah, used to play with uh, Pasley and all that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was like great fucking band, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so we're playing, and the guy we we're playing with, man, it was just like hey, the songs were just not good. The it was just this the, not it wasn't even bro country. It was like. It was a guy, it was, it was just like kind of like an 80s rocker who wrote some cool kind of quirky rootsy country songs and decided he wanted to do like 
the country thing uh-huh. and it was just not good and like the last song we did was like the same seven words like over and over and over and over and I got done with it and I just was getting more and more like furious as it was happening and I walked out the door and Rob Snyder was running the door and I bummed a cigarette off of him I didn't even smoke at the time and I'm just like walking up and down the sidewalk just like man this is like bullshit and it's fucking drivel and I hate all this music and like I'm fucking done and I called my girlfriend the next morning and I was like hey so I can't live here anymore yeah I just can't because I was just picking up I was working a lot sort of like in the bro country thing Mm -hmm. and I was doing a lot of session work and I saw myself getting more work in that field and I could tell it, and that's which is fine. And I don't fault anyone for doing that. But like for me personally, where my mental headspace was, if I were to do that, it would have just destroyed me. Because mm-hmm. like I love playing music and I love experimenting with sounds and like playing guitar. But it was like you can't do that on that gig. You know, it's just like now it's like here's a progression, here's the sounds you need. Right. And like as you can see by my board, I don't have those pedals, <laughs> you know, and I don't want them. And I like doing my own thing. And um, so, like, yeah, man, it just, I just, I had to leave. And so, like, two months later, I just, you know, like, moved up there and moved to Bed-Stuy and then yeah. did a thing up there and played with a lot of guys that were really cool. Yeah, that's so. great you did that. It's funny, uh, Guthrie Trap was in here, and he was talking the same way about sessions he was like there are guys who do that and they love to do that yeah and he's like but you gotta be true to your own sound and you know he's like if i get paid and do this work i'll I'll be happy to do it but like i'm not gonna just make my sound that sound yeah i mean it's you know it's um i feel like it's a lot more specific to especially with guitar players and it's not that it's just us Mm -hmm. but like Man, there used there was a time, and like if you listen to a lot of old '90s country stuff, you can tell when it's Carrie Marks playing. You can tell mm-hmm. when it's Brent playing. You can tell when it's Dan Huff. Mm-hmm. And now, you can't, man. It's like, I there's there's a buddy of mine in town, and that does probably one of the best guitar players. Well, definitely one of the best guitar players I know. Um, and is all he like is not a slave to the pedal board thing, and he loves just the shortest signal pass possible mm-hmm. like grabbing stuff out of a bag and mm-hmm. and it's like but yeah as soon as you hear a record he's on you're kind of like who is that <laughs> you know because like, that, that's what they want they want it to kind of just blend and be this yeah it's 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 very homogenized and that's the mm-hmm. thing like you know i mean like lots of friends of ours are being very successful in that world and that's their bag and they can do it and i don't think it's outside of our wheelhouse to be able to do it and it's not outside of guthrie's or know either it's just that there's just some people that are okay with that or embrace that aspect of the business and there are others that don't and i just i'm not i'm not one of the ones that embraces it were you making an attempt to get more studio work or were you just getting calls i mean sort of both you know it was just like i would always like want to be working with like i did some stuff with paul worley and like i love working with him because he like let me kind of do what i want he would he would call me for like weird shit he would be like i need weird noises and stuff you know Mm -hmm. like i was like i think the first time i used a freeze pedal Mm -hmm. was on a session for him you know it was just like 
what, what do you yeah. do with that? You know? <laughs> and he just like, um, but there's, there, you know, but most of the time, even with him, you would just be kind of like, no, just kind of down the middle, you know? And, right. And it's just not really been my bag, which is like, going back to the Ashley thing, which is what, what's great about that gig is that like, I don't have, there's no rules. Like no one's like, I don't have an MD telling me that that's the, that's not the right part or like we need to focus on this part or whatever. That's not the right tone. Well, you are the MD now, right? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, it's, it's such a band thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like the representative if someone needs to talk to management, but like, that's pretty much it. It's kind of like, you know, like a union rep or whatever. It's yeah. just like, it's pretty much all, yeah. you know, we all are in it together, but, um, you know, but I played on the record and Jay Joyce produced it. So mm-hmm. at no point was anyone like, uh, get your PRS out, you know. Right. It's like, I don't know. I, I mean, I did him shit talking PRS because, like, Paul's a great guy. But, like, you know, there is, like, this, no one, it was, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there was no, no, there was no reference point in our, in the making of our record that was, like, hey, you know that new country single? Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Right. It was, like, you know that song, you know that Stephen Still solo on, you know, Deja Vu. Okay. It would be like, yeah, let's figure out a way to do that. Right. You know? Or like Jay would just be like, I don't know, man, just like make it weird. Yes. Awesome. Of course I can do that. You yeah. know? So I don't know, man. It's, I, uh, yeah, I would try to get some session stuff and try to do really cool things, but like, you know, there's just not very many cool things or like stuff that would really get me excited. And, the stuff that would, I mean, it is what it is. It's like, um, I still do stuff. I'll still do sessions in town. If the hang's good and if it's good people, if it's a good, again, it goes back to the same thing about playing downtown. There's a good rhythm section and it's a good producer. And I like, I know the people and mm-hmm. I know kind of what I'm in for. Fine. Even if it needs to be a little more mainstream mm-hmm. or down the middle, I'm cool with that. But it's when, you know, it's when you get into the situations where it's like, uh, yeah, I don't, nothing about what you're doing, like, excites me or makes me want to play like that, you know. Um, I don't know, man. It's just kind of, it's, yeah, situation by situation. But, yeah, yeah such a machine, too. You just kind of get into the drive of it and it's like, not really a way out right <laughs> you know yeah. so. well cool man it's great to it's just great to see that you're you know you found your your niche and it's taken off and you got a lot of uh good work ahead of you yeah i think so yeah, yeah. i mean it could all fall apart tomorrow but there's it's entirely <laughs> possible that's okay but. to think that way it'll keep you motivated yeah that's why like we have like and every i see like we have downtime on the calendar i'm just like texting people I'm like hey what do you do? You get do you need me for this <laughs> gig or something? You know, it's like, um, like I'm doing this. I'm doing the bird cloud Christmas thing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, um, I just been like hounding them for like a year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys need to do a full band show, and I need to play guitar for you. So, yeah, and like, and not even, not even in a way of like, you know, I wasn't even professional about, or you know, quote unquote professional about it, like. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, guys, I'm a real big fan of your work. And, you know, if you ever find yourself in need of a guitar player, I'm really like, <laughs> here's some links to my EPK and like, all that stuff. And uh, I was just like, I was like, Mackenzie, Jasmine, I need to play guitar for you. 
I, I know I get what's going on. You need to have me in your band. And so like they call me to do the Christmas thing or whatever. And I'm like, yes, sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I just, I feel like the, not living here full time and not being in a gig where I have to worry about like what I'm wearing or, you know, what my gear choices are or whatever. It's really kind of put me in a place where I don't have to, I don't know. I just don't have to care about that stuff. And like, I'm not part of like, was it a, was it soul shine last night? Right. And I realized how happy I am to like, not be part of the the scene anymore (laughs) because like, you know, I got there about like six thirty or something after a rehearsal. And Are they still doing that blues jam there on yeah. Sundays? Okay. Yeah, and Jay caught still plays bass. I mean, it's still like the regular house band. Mm-hmm. It was funny. It was like so. I, I was up there and Quincy, um, the, the slide guitar player. You know, he's he's a harmonica player too. So he's playing. He wanted to play some harp. So just over the microphone, he's like, "Hey, Sovan, come play guitar." So I played like a couple of tunes with them and um and. uh Quincy was playing harp, whatever, and it was like Lewis Winfield and Jay and stuff. So it was like, and he's in like Kenny Olson's like an old friend of mine. And mm-hmm. It was a great band or whatever. But uh, so that was like earlier in the night, you know, and then like around like 8 30 is when they do the jam. Mm-hmm. So I play a couple songs with them. I get off and I kind of go grab my beer and hang out in the back and just kind of watch. And yeah, man, like clockwork around 8 15, just like all these dudes wearing like everybody's wearing the same clothes and everybody's wearing like you can tell like you can kind of tell where they live and where in town they live <laughs> based on like what they're wearing like tribal colors and stuff <laughs> and it's like man you know and i'm shit talking kind of but like <laughs> okay. but if that's what makes you happy that's fine but i think a lot of it for me anyway like when i was playing with chase rice it was years ago before he had it before he even had an official deal. Yeah, I didn't know he did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. I was talking to Mar- Marcelo about it because he plays with him. Right. Yeah. I was telling him it was like, yeah, yeah, it was back in the van and like U-Haul trailer days. It was like way uh-huh. back. And you know, he was in a position we had a pretty tight band at the time and but he was in a position where he was like, Okay, well, things are starting to take off and and if I wanted to stay in that world it was sort of expected that okay I get my own I can I get my own style of like dress and my own style of like rig and everything like that but within certain parameters so like you know I found myself like going like should I get a chain wallet (laughs) um or like you know, uh, you find yourself like shopping at the buckle, uh, you know, and like maybe you don't want to get Affliction brand, but like something akin to. And that was the thing. It was like that was that was that period in time where like. So those are your parameters. So it was like kind of yeah. Stories, and it was yeah. it was like unwritten rules, you know. Uh-huh. It was like you like, like I mean, I just. As long as you, I've known you, I think, like, every time you see me, it's like, I'm wearing basically what I have on right now, like, <laughs> pearl snap jeans and boots. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I do. But even, you know, but at that time, with that gig and, like, that whole culture that was developing around him and, like, Fort Georgia and Luke and all those guys, it was just kind of, like, that was kind of the shtick, you know? That was kind of the thing. And, and it just, like, 
man, none of that just excited me. None of that made me happy. And so, like, where it was, like, last night, it was at Soul Shine. I was just kind of sitting back, like, watching all these dudes show up. And it's like, man, it's just, it's like, it, you're wearing the same. Trying to this, fit the image. What, right. It's the same thing as, like, you know, the Affliction guys. It was just like, you know, just because you got it from a vintage store doesn't mean it's not the same thing everybody else is wearing. And I don't know. It's, yeah. It is what it is. But, again, it's one of those things where, like, I'm just really happy to be I, once I got out of town and I was able to kind of like develop my own personality and, you know, my own style and even develop more as a player in New York, you know, just kind of. Yeah. Like, well, I remember you seeing you, you, where would you play skinny Dennis a lot? Yeah. 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 And we, was that a lot of experimental guitar yeah, stuff? Well, you know, it would stick, it started off pretty traditional country and what had happened was. Were you singing and playing? Yeah. yeah. I was front in the band. Um, usually a trio, but sometimes I have a steel player uh-huh. and, uh, Gerald Minky was usually the guy. Okay. And, like, that guy's amazing. But he, um, yeah, so we would have, like, you know, we'd have to do, like, three hours or 3.45 sets, you know, whatever. And um, so it started off, like, the first few months was, like, I'd, do, I'd play there, like, like, once a week usually. And every time we'd play, it started off with this, like, big, long list of, like, you know, traditional country stuff. And we play it just like the record and everything. And, uh, but then I realized that like, well, New York is not really where you want to go for a train beat. Right. You know, it's just really not, they don't develop that out there because there's no one playing that. There's not around. You know. So what ended up happening is like, I start, uh, my buddy Rob Heath, um, was the drummer for us. And this guy Pemberton Roach was a bass player. And like Rob is great at jazz and Pemberton like played with like guys that were on ECM mm-hmm. and so it was just like okay well how can we I mean these are country music fans you know right. these are my, my guys play with but how can we kind of like mess with the format a little bit and sort of embrace everybody's strengths and so what we ended up doing would be like you know we take like I don't know working man blues or something like that Broadway standard and we take it and we'd play it, and we'd treat it more like a jazz arrangement, mm-hmm. where it'd be like, okay, well, you know, verse one through three, we'll call that, you know, A, and then we solo over A. Well, that's, I mean, that's the song, but, like, that solo might go, like, way long. I mean, it may be, like, you know, 16 repeats or something. Mm-hmm. And it may change tempo, and it may, like, Huh. change time i mean like it would be yeah. we tried to kind of incorporate some of like the jazz mentality because it's like you know it is a lot of country yeah. stuff's blues based a lot of jazz is blues based so it kind of ended up working in in a lot of weird ways and we but we play like songs like hey joe and uh-huh. too and that would take like maybe like 15 minutes right. sometimes and it would drastic there'd be drastic tempo shifts and it would speed up and then down you know in the solo section and and it was well. And what was great about it was like it did kind of give me um, a lot of room to spread out in order to stretch out, but it also gave me the opportunity to really develop those aspects of my playing and really get comfortable with stepping outside of the box. Like, like I was even Saturday when I was playing with Marcelo and those guys. It was like whatever song we were playing. It's like. Well, I'm gonna now. Okay, we're in four. I'm gonna try and play in five and play over that and yeah. like make it fit in the four. You know, and it's like, and uh, 
yeah, it just really kind of put me in a place where I could do that and really develop that side of things, which like you just, I wouldn't be able to do if I was still working downtown 40 hours a week. Mm. And, um, yeah, man, it was just always like, that was really fun. And then you end up, I found myself in a situation where it'd be like, my rhythm section would be like, you know, Andy Hess would be my bass player. (laughs) Tony, like me and Andy and Tony Leone from Chris Robinson's band, like played a gig together. That's cool. And like the rock shop. Yeah. And it was just like, what what the fuck is happening right now? You know, and just like you'd have to like pinch yourself, and then like um, Brian Griffin, the guy who plays with Brandy Carlisle, mm-hmm. would play drums with me a lot, and then um, you know Dan Reeser from Nora Jones' old band, and the Little Willies and stuff like that. Like he would, he was in a Van Halen country tribute band. Did you just hit me. these guys up on social media or did well, you just what was what was funny is like uh Gerald Minky, the steel guitar player, when I first was like hanging out in town mm-hmm. before I moved, I like kinda planned it out and I'd be there for like a couple weeks at a time. I'd put like I'd like put Craigslist ads up. Like, hey I'm from Nashville and you know, if anyone needs a guitar player, I'm in town or mm-hmm. I'm just kinda trying to dip my toe in. And this guy calls me one day and he's like Man, are you any kin to Red Sovine? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. He's like, Man, I love his music. I'm big I'm a steel guitar player, big like big rig nut and all that stuff. And I was like, Cool man. He's like, Well man, you should come out to Skinny Dennis and like check out I play with this band every Wednesday and so one day I was one week I was actually there, like so I went and met him and the the band he was playing with, they just play like, you know, nothing but country and all that stuff and it was I sat in and it was, mm-hmm. you know, fun. And then come to find out the booker of that club has a band called the 18 wheelers and like uh-huh. you know 40 percent of their set is like reds music. Wow. you know so it was like it was like this weird sort of but but uh gerald was the music director at a church and in park slope and like the first day i did that gig i he called me to come play guitar at it and i was filling in for camp Alongo. weird mm-hmm. you know so i show up we're doing it and like I'm like okay cool you know drummer shows up and there's just a you know guy from around town and then I see Andy Hess walk in and I'm like what is he doing here <laughs> and it was like yeah no he was playing at the you know playing the church gig and then like Eric Deutsch from Leftover Salmon yeah yeah he was the keys player mm-hmm. and like you know so I just met the, just just a little nexus of that gig that's awesome and like one day I showed up to that gig and like Matt Johnson from St. Vincent and Jeff Buckley, like you know, the drummer yeah. on Grace was on oh. drums, and you're just like, so that's the hang, huh? Yeah, it kind of, well, yeah. It, well, the 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 church gig, you know, the uh, Gerald's okay. church gig, and then like, yeah, man, and then just like you know, Rockwood's got its own scene and stuff like right. that. I would just kind of try and hang out and yeah, meet people and you know, did a lot of weird gigs mm-hmm. like that one that you got me on. Yeah, for ordained. Uh, yeah, for ordained. <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, man. I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> it was so strange um but yeah man and like just you know it was just a, it was really cool just to be up there and be in a totally different world and hear a whole a whole different language of of playing because it's like and then i would come down here and i'd be like man why do you guys suck so much <laughs> like it's like <laughs> like i'd be like with some rhythm section and just be like be like how do you not know this jazz standard? Oh man, yeah. So you got you got that New York, uh, yeah, just be like, be like, chip on your shoulder. Not you know, not quite. Because I'm not, I'm never gonna be a good jazz player. But like, you know, I can fake my way through stuff. And um, but 
Yeah, we were. I don't know. I made some. I was making some quote, like some joke quote of like, uh, "So what?" And Miles Davis mm-hmm. <laughs> at a gig one time in Nashville, and I was like, "I did." I mean, basically, my solo was just like the the the, the, front r- the part, bass like, riff, yeah. And then the I just did the whole stat chords and stuff like that. And I was like, and then as soon as I got done, I like looked around at the the rhythm section, and I was like expecting to see like laughs, and they were just kind of like they're like, what was that? <laughs> like, Two different worlds. Still. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So I don't know, man. It's it was fun. It was fun being up there. We and when we left, it wasn't because like you know we couldn't afford it or anything. We just made sense for us to leave. Yeah, like, Ashley was taken off. I was never there. Yeah. And, that's a lot of rent to pay if you're yeah. not going to live there. So, you know the drill. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on again. Yeah, dude. Let's let's hear some uh, let's hear some of that guitar. Okay. have it i want to thank andrew sovine again for coming on the podcast uh this will be the last one of 2017 uh but i'm really looking forward for releasing a lot more in 2018 so again merry christmas happy hanukkah happy new year everybody have a great one